What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate, no, listen to Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode. I'm really excited for today's episode. We don't we don't have guests on very often. Uh, usually just Steve, Justin, and I. And uh, today I'm really excited to have a dentist in Idaho, Danton Bradshaw, with me. How you doing, Danton? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. Uh, we don't get to really dive into the process. A lot. We uh, we talk a lot on this show about all of the steps and a lot of the different systems and principles that it's important to make and to have in our practices. It's going to be really good because uh, Dan and I have been working together for a bit now, and uh, so Dan is right in the in the thick of it, making all the changes and putting in all the all the hard work. So it'll be good to kind of dive into some of the changes that you made, where you're at. Should be great. Okay, Dan, if you would, just just uh, tell all the listeners a little bit about your background. Uh, where's your practice? How long have you been in ownership? Um, anything else that you think is uh, would be good to know about you? Sure. So I own a practice in a, a small town called Bellevue, Idaho. It's kind of in south central Idaho. I purchased the practice about four years ago. It was about one year after I graduated from dental school. I was born and raised in Idaho, and so I wanted to come back and practice in my home state. And when we saw this opportunity, my wife and I talked about it a lot, and we thought it was a good chance for us and our family to kind of settle into a place where we wanted to live and build a home and build a business. The previous dentist that had been there, he'd been there for like 35 years, but he hadn't been doing a lot in the last couple of years because of his health. Because of this, when we purchased it, it was kind of a hybrid purchase versus a traditional purchase. So like we were buying some patient accounts, and but it was kind of a semi-startup at the same time. We had a couple hundred patients to start with, but, and we knew we were going to have to do a lot to kind of get going and, and get the process rolling. We knew we were going to have to put in a lot of work, but we thought it'd be a good thing for us. Yeah. So probably most of our listeners are already in ownership. I think there's a good chunk that aren't yet. And a lot of times the question comes up, you know, how do I know when I'm, when I'm ready to jump into ownership? And you never just you never know exactly what it's going to be like until you just make make the leap. You did it after uh, being a dentist for one year, so probably still relatively early compared to most dentists. Can you just talk a little bit about what your experience was and kind of what your what did you expect practice ownership to be like? You know, you talked about needing to see the practice grow. Talk to us a little bit about uh, those kind of things. So I, I really felt like I wanted to get into practice ownership fairly quickly. I had always known I wanted to do it. I just wasn't sure exactly when I was planning on doing it. When I first got out of the school, I had a couple of just kind of part-time jobs. Uh, like I said, we wanted to kind of be back in the area. So that's what I picked up initially to have the opportunity to kind of work in the area and kind of get my feet wet, get some experience under my belt, and then kind of figure out where to go from there. While I was doing that, that's when this opportunity came up. The experiences that I'd had is, as an associate were all positive. I'd enjoyed them, but I knew that I wanted to be the one who was making decisions. I wanted to kind of take that leap and do the things the way that I wanted to do them. And so that's why I kind of jumped in pretty quickly out of school. 
what I was expecting was a lot different than what actually happened. It was really slow going, honestly, at first. Um, it was a lot harder than I expected. I kind of, you know, believed what they told me in dental school that if you're a good dentist and you're, you know, you're good with patients, you're nice to them, that kind of thing, that they'll just come and they'll like flock to you kind of a deal. And that may be the case in some instances, but it was not the case with me. It didn't work out that way. And so it was just nothing that I envisioned. It was a lot of decisions that I did not anticipate that I had to make. And I did not have the background to be able to really comprehend that. So it was a lot of learning as I was going, which is, can be difficult at times. It definitely was for me. So I was, you know, expecting this practice to just, you know, we'd have 50 patients a month coming in. We'd build up to practice really quick. Everything would go exactly as I had always wanted it to go. Um, and that's not how it turned out. You know, four years later, I was you know, right when we were, when we kind of started talking and things, I was at a point where, you know, I was still four years into this and I was still just like, just trying to keep my head above water. Kind of just the same thing that I've been doing for the entire time since I bought it. Yeah. I appreciate you being kind of open and honest. Cause I think that happens to, to a lot of, a lot of us, you really just never know what uh, exactly it's going to be like. And even with me, you know, I, I spent a, I spent a lot of time business books and CE and like doing as much as possible. But still, when it came down to it, I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be able to just, if I was going to outdo the previous stocks production, if I was just going to maintain or if I was going to be way less. A lot of times, I mean, with what you're talking about, with kind of learning stuff on the fly, certain things you have to do that way. Um, but it's, it's a mix of, you know, doing your best to be prepared. And then but, uh, being able to make changes that are going to get you the results that you want to see. So, and you kind of alluded to this, but when you and I kind of first started talking about the possibility of working together, you were feeling pretty discouraged. I remember, I remember reading your email and thinking, just thinking, wow, this is uh, just really feeling for you and thinking about possible options and, and where we could go. But tell me a little bit more about where you were at at that point as far as how you were feeling, what you were thinking, stuff like that? I was honestly just looking for some answers to fix. And I didn't, I honestly, I didn't even know what needed to be fixed. So I was looking just for guidance of, of any sort that would kind of put me on the right path to where I wanted to end up. So I was looking for answers of any kind. I was just really discouraged at that time. Production was really up and down, never consistent for me. Uh, growth wasn't was happening, but really slow. I mean, I was constantly working, you know, worrying day to day, month to month uh, about bills, being able to pay bills, you know, never knowing quite what our production was going to be or how our patient base was going to kind of help support everything. I was just really stressed, not really knowing what to do. You know, I'd done some studies, I'd done some CE, I, you know, read some things, but kind of what to start with, the things that I'd done before hadn't worked. And so I just didn't know what I was doing wrong or what was stopping me from getting to where I wanted to be. And so that's that's when I first came across, uh, you know, TLP and stuff and started looking into you guys to find out more about what you offered and got in contact with you. Gotcha. You had been thinking of a second practice or uh, I can't remember there was there was something that you were that you were looking at as far as another option to try and to try and grow, right? 
Yeah. So, so I first contacted you kind of when I was just still working with just my practice and trying to figure out things there. But after our first, you know, initial kind of emails back and forth, another opportunity came up. There was a dentist that was, you know, only a few miles away that he was looking to retire. And he, it looked like it was going to be a good opportunity for me. His practice uh, was really busy. They were, you know, constantly, you know, booked out long ways away. And I figured, you know, maybe this is what really wants to happen. And so we started talking and uh, it looked like it was going to be a good fit for me to just take over his practice from him. And so I thought that, you know, maybe if, if I got that practice, then maybe that would be my problem solver, that just having that, you know, new influx of patients would be what would turn everything around for me at that point. In that scenario, what what would you have done with your first practice? Would you have were you planning on merging the two? I was. So I was I was planning on just working both of them. You know, and was to merge both practices is what I was planning on, working myself about 6 days a week, uh, just to make sure that everything worked out the way it was supposed to, to be able to like pay back money on loans and etc. Uh, it probably wasn't the smartest plan. Uh, but it was the one that I thought would work best at the time. And so it, that's what I, you know, initially tried to do. Yeah, interesting. I think, and, and who knows, maybe it could have worked out well. But uh, a lot of times, just getting the patience is, you know, half half of the battle. So obviously, it didn't work out, though, right? So uh, what happened? So like, we went through all the preliminaries, letter of intent, all that kind of stuff. Uh, everything was looking good. But when it came down to getting the money, because of the the way that my practice was at the time, like the financial situation I was in the practice and the financial situation I was, you know, with student loan debt uh, and things like that, I just really couldn't find a financial institution that was willing to to take the risk, uh, you know, loan me the amount of money that he was wanting in order to buy his practice. And so ultimately, it fell through. I, you know, I was right back where I started. I didn't know what to do, and honestly, at that point, I was just kind of wanting to be done. I was you know, like, I was like really discouraged. I thought that that was going to be the answer. And then when it fell through, I just didn't know what else to do at that point. And so I, you know, my wife and I started looking at, you know, should we just sell the practice in Bellevue and then go, you know, move somewhere else and try and find another job and figure something out somewhere else. But like, it was, it was literally, I don't know, within a few days or within like that first week of when all of that went down that I got an email from just like one that you guys sent out to people that you'd contacted before. And it told me that you guys had were open to taking on new clients for coaching. I had been, obviously I'd played around with the idea a little bit before, um, but kind of got away from focusing on that when I was looking to purchase the practice. And initially I just didn't feel like I could afford it. And so I had just kind of put it on a back burner in my thoughts and what we were doing. But that email discussed that exact reservation. It talked about like thinking, you know, oh, I can't afford this. I can't have the money to be able to do this. So anyway, it addressed that exact thing. After I read that, I, you know, I sat down and I talked with my wife and we decided that it was what we needed to do. It was really like, it was a major leap of faith for us. Uh, But we knew that what we were doing was not working and that it was kind of a now or never thing to either make it work or, or kind of cut loose. I knew that what you guys had done, you know, we talked, I'd read a lot of your guys' stuff online. I knew what you guys had done yourselves, and I knew how you'd done it. You'd said that, you you know, you'd done it with the same kind of just regular bread and butter dentistry, everyday dentistry, that was the similar skill set as what I have. And so 
I figured who better to help me. And so that's when I, that's when we decided to do it. Yeah. It's interesting that I think a lot of times when you're at a fork in the road and you're kind of forced to put all your chips in the middle or go home, that that can, that can lead to significant change. And uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of essentially what we've seen in this situation. So that's, that's pretty cool. I'm curious, do you ever wish that things had, had worked out with that, with that other practice purchasing and kind of having a, a big increase in, in patient flow and, and work? I really don't like where I am, like where I've gotten to now, I can see, you know, you have that hindsight of 20, you know, this is 2020 type of thing. I wasn't ready for it. So I'm really glad it didn't happen because I, I wasn't a good enough leader. I didn't have the proper tools. I didn't have the proper systems, like the proper mindset to step into a practice that was like that and be able to kind of make it my own. I tried to adapt it to a new way or thinking, you know, taking over employees. I didn't really have that with the first one that I purchased. It was, you know, he only had like a front desk person and they kind of just changed careers when I came in. So everyone I got was brand new and I, you know, we just worked the way that I wanted to work at the beginning. And so having to deal with that and other people, and I knew some of those team members, like they'd actually subbed for me a few times. I knew kind of their personalities and those kind of things. And that was one of the things that I was dreading about purchasing that practice in the first place was how to convince them to do things differently. But I think that honestly, had I gone forward with it, it would have just been I think just an epic disaster. And I think I would have just ended up with a ton more debt and like way worse off than I was versus where I am now, you know, with a lot more confidence, a lot more ability to do things now. I feel a lot more comfortable to be able to do it now, but I think if I had done it and never done like the coaching and TLP, I definitely, it would just, I think it would have spiraled downhill pretty quick, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I agree. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of think of a patient going to the doctor and asking for a drug or something that t- to take away the symptoms, but not really fixing the problem. And that's a little bit how I see that scenario that, uh, you know, to increase the number of patients that you see, but not to fix the systems and the mindset or the, you know, all of these other things that come into play can definitely lead to other challenges and kind of continue that same road. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let's get into, let's talk about your practice a little bit. You can kind of share whatever you're comfortable with. You don't have to get in specifics and numbers, but your practice was not doing the greatest as far as cash flow. And, uh, you know, I know jumping into coaching wasn't an easy decision for you because of the investment. You kind of talked to us a little bit about, uh, you know, that thought process and, but was there anything that really kind of pushed you over the edge or how did you how did you make that final decision? Okay, this is this is what I'm doing. This is the direction I'm going. For me, it definitely wasn't an easy one. Just kind of looking at the the finances where they were at that point. Initially, I just didn't really see how I would be able to do it, even though I knew I wanted to. To kind of coin a phrase that we hear a lot, like you know, the definition definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. And that's what I was doing, and just kind of spinning my wheels. And so I knew that I had to do something different. My wife and I, we sat down and we went through the numbers. We figured out that the amount of money that I was paying a hygienist to come in two days a week would be the same amount that we would need in order to do the coaching. We just made the decision that investing in like in this 
acquiring the knowledge to actually make the practice successful would far outweigh whatever the cost was that we had to pay, as well as me having to do some profis and perio. And so it wasn't just an investment for me for like the moment. It was something that I knew that I could take with me wherever the future led, whether we were going to stick with the business or if we were going to go somewhere else. I knew either way, it could only be a positive thing for us because what I was doing obviously wasn't working. And so I needed to find something like this that would change me and get me to a place where I could make it work. I'm impressed. Uh, I, I mean, a couple things in there. I mean, I think I'm impressed with you, you and your wife sitting down, looking at the numbers, comparing it to, to another cost and then make, figuring out a way to make it work. It's clever. And uh, it's, it's cool that you made that a priority and you, you made it work. I do want to hone in on something that you just said that I also think is impressive. You said that it wasn't just an investment for now, but an investment that would follow you through the future. A lot of times when we're looking at spending money on certain areas, we evaluate the ROI. We're looking at how much time or money we're spending on something and how much it's going to pay us back. So some things are more short term. For example, if, if you make interest on money that you have in an account somewhere, or maybe you spend some money on marketing that you want to see increase in number of new patients, these are mostly short term ROI decisions. But there are definitely areas where you can spend time or money and you can look at in long term as well. We don't share this statistic real often, but for the clients that we work with one-on-one, we see an average increase of 33% in production and collections after one year. If you run the numbers on the cost and how much you're going to increase, that is an exceptional in that first year. But what about the second year? The second year, you'll end up doing much more in that year than you would have without it. So this also adds to your ROI. And the third year and so so on. So putting the time in in the beginning, really, it accelerates your success. You're going to see an ROI in the immediate, in the short term, but also in the long run. You can also look at it as uh, opportunity cost. I've heard from many dentists, I just want to grow my practice and get it to the point where I'm making a little more money before I invest in coaching. While I understand this sentiment, this is also part of what is holding you back. If people were willing to invest earlier in the game, they would see more rapid and greater success. There's one client that I can think of in particular. And the first time I talked to him, we had a consultation. We talked about his, his practice and his situation. And this was his response to me. He told me uh, this exact thing. He wanted to wait until the practice was making more money before he hired a coach. Well, a year later, we ended up talking again and he decides that he's ready and he wants to work together in coaching, even though his practice hadn't really grown much. At the end of our first month working together, he, he said, I'm kicking myself right now for not doing this a year ago. I realized that I could be so much farther ahead right now. But as you said earlier, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's hard to have that perspective right when you're in the middle of it. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling now. So you're in the middle of all of this right now, the whole, the whole coaching program and uh, growth and everything. You obviously didn't wait until you were making more money to hire a coach. I guess, do you have any, any thoughts or feedback on kind of what I shared or any other people in that situation? 
I feel the same way as your other client. I wish I would have found TLP like a lot sooner. <laughs> I mean, I wish I would have found it honestly, like the second I got out of dental school or even before, like it would have been, I would have been a lot further along than, than right now. And so I feel exactly the same way, but I'm just where I'm at right now. I just, I'm really glad that I took the leap and that I made the decision. I think it's just similar to when we're usually sitting there with patients, we can see like how much of a benefit something can be to them. And, and, and they have this, you know, similar concerns to what we have, you know, financial concerns, time concerns, whatever it may be. Uh, so they have similar concerns. And so they put it off as well. And, and we, and I can just see that, you know, oh, well, if they would just do it, then it wouldn't be such, they would love it. And then they wait and they put it off. And then if I'm, finally they decide to do it. And then they're just so happy that they did and they wish they would have done it. I'm at that point right now. I'm happy that I did it. I'm at that point where I feel like I was so glad that I decided to do it and so grateful that I did. And now it's just made a huge difference. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. This has been a good discussion. I want to get into some of the changes that we've worked toward and and that you've made in your practice so far. Share with us, you know, what have been some eye-opening things for you, changes that you've you've been able to make that you didn't really recognize as maybe as opportunities before. So, a lot of the things that we've been working with here initially these these past few months is like same-day treatment, doing quadrant dentistry, approaches for treatment planning and presentation, definitely improving my like leadership skills, learning how to take the lead and to do it the right way. Different things like phone protocols, asking for referrals, Google reviews, making sure that I'm providing positive immediate feedback to reinforce things that we're trying to implement or change. And just with all those things that we've been doing, like some of the biggest eye openers for me has been how quickly these changes produced results. Small improvements in each of these areas has made like a huge difference for us. Additionally, any everything that we've done so far hasn't really cost me anything in the way of money. Like none of these changes were me having to fork out a bunch of big dollars for equipment or continuing education or anything like along those lines. It's it's taking what I had and what I could like, you know, I already had within me and what we already had available and just making it work better and making it work the right way. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. When we first started working together, I knew that uh, I, I knew the challenges that you were faced with as far as cash flow, and that it took a leap of faith to uh, hire me and start working together. So my my goal from the very beginning is how can we quickly make some changes that are going to help increase production and collections? How how can we how can we increase the the take home pay without increasing overhead? Let's talk about some of the obstacles. What have been some of the more challenging aspects of working through things? Because, you know, you did just share, you said it was eye-opening to you to see how quickly these changes produced results and the small improvements in a lot of those areas. I would say that you made big improvements in, in a lot of areas. But I think you're right, though, that a lot of times if we can just improve a lot of different areas by small percentages, all of that is going to compound and add up to a lot. But making those changes is not easy. So what have been some of the the challenges or obstacles that you've had to work through to be able to make this happen in your practice? Probably one of the biggest ones or some of the biggest ones for me have been first like changing my mindset 
on a lot of different things and the way I approach things, the way I think about things. And then also learning how to focus my energy on certain areas that are going to be the most vital. When I first started TLP, I you have the TLP Academy. And so that's one of the first things that we go through. And so I would start going through it and there's a lot of material on there. And I spent hours going through that material and probably took me a lot longer than I think most people because admittedly a really big note taker. <laughs> I take probably too many notes, but I take a lot of notes. And so I would like pause the recordings so that I could write stuff down so that I didn't miss anything because there was a lot of information in there that I wanted to have and that I wanted to remember. And I know I could have gone back and just listened to it again, but it, it just helped me to put it down on paper and it helped like reinforce it for me. And so there was so much good stuff that I just wanted to jump into all of it like immediately. But it wasn't until I started having conversations and working with you that I was able to realize that where my energy actually needed to be spent, like where I needed to start to build and that eventually, yeah, we could get to everything, but where to go first and like in what sequence to actually make it the most successful. Yeah, that's great. Your last sentence right there, I think is what makes all the difference in the world as far as having a coach. It's interesting because so soon after I hired a, a fitness coach, uh, I was talking about it with a friend and he kind of looked at me with this confused look and on why I had hired someone. He said, don't you already know all the things to do? Like, you know, what, what more is he going to be able to, to tell you? It was interesting to hear that perspective, which I get it. You know, I, I get that perspective, but there's really, there's so much more that, uh, that goes into it and so many kind of intangibles. And this is where I believe a coach really shows value. It's by, you know, exactly what you said, by helping you to be accountable, but by helping you to know where to, to spend your time and energy. You know, if you've got 50 things that you can change and you got a list of it, that still doesn't really help you to know as far as where to, to prioritize things. So you touched on an interesting point here. We get emails from a lot of dentists that are thinking about working together, asking should I do just the online portion or should I go all in and, and do the one-on-one -on -one coaching? You said yourself, you said that, that you thought the material was really good, taking lots of notes. What's your perspective? Do you think you could have reached the same success with just the academy? Or you know, what would you say to others in that situation that are questioning it? I don't think I'd be as successful for sure. Like I said, I found a lot of things I really liked, but I think the biggest thing that would have happened to me without the coaching is that I would have picked the things that were in my comfort zone. That's what I would have started with. I probably would have avoided a lot of the things that we have started with that have made the difference because they're outside of my comfort zone. They would have pushed me somewhere that at the time I wasn't, I don't think without a coach that I would have been willing to go without the perspective from somebody seeing that, yeah, this is what needs to be done. And so I just don't think that the academy alone was good enough. I mean, I think having someone else to help me identify where to start along with what is holding me back, that's been like the biggest key to the success. I mean, I could see myself that all these things were really good and that they were things that I wanted to implement, but I didn't see the obstacles that were like holding me back. The academy it really reminds me of just like a really good playbook but you need the coach to call the right plays in the right situations in order to put you in the best position to succeed. Each of our practices is different. All of us are going to need individual things 
you know, individual plays, so to say, called at different times in order to make us successful. I think the coaching has helped me do that. And I know that we put some big points on the board since we started. I mean, I'm sorry to force that metaphor a little bit, but it's just kind of how I've been able to relate with it. It's just the coaching has helped me do the right things at the right time in the right ways to have the success increase dramatically. Yeah, that's really cool that you can look back now and, and, and see that and see that pushing through the things that were outside of your comfort zone is, is what's brought that. And it can be tough to do that on your own because a lot of times things are outside of our comfort zone because we don't know exactly how to approach them. So having someone on your side that can, can help you work through those can make a big difference. So, okay, you mentioned your mindset. The very first time we talked, I could tell that parts about your mindset is, it had a lot to do with what was holding you back. So if you're comfortable, let's talk a little bit about that. What what do you believe were some of your, your barriers as far as mindset that uh, you've been able to uh, break through? Yeah, yeah, I would love to talk about it. It's, yeah, like I said, as I mentioned a minute ago, my mindset was one of my biggest things that I was that was holding me back, I think. I had a huge problem with scarcity mindset. All I could see was what I didn't have. I didn't have the newest gadgets. I didn't have enough patience. I wasn't making enough money. I wasn't you know, doing the expensive quote unquote procedures. I didn't have enough time with my family. Um, and you know, I could go on, but I was an employer, but I definitely was not a leader. I shied away from presenting a lot of treatments to people just because I didn't think that they could pay for it. I'd kind of prejudge them. Um, I was always afraid that people would just look at the dollar amount on a treatment plan and just like bolt out of the chair and head straight for the door. When they walked in the door, like I would make their teeth my problem, that it was my fault that they were in that situation. And and so my mindset was just like a big cloud of negativity at the time. And it sounds like a lot, but that's the way I felt. And it was one of the biggest barriers to my practice. But since that time, like that's all changed completely. If you could pick like a bunch of different areas of ways to change your life, whether it's mindset or becoming more physically active or improving your business or your income or, you know, any of those things, I think changing your mindset can can be one of the most difficult. I honestly don't know that I've ever witnessed someone have such a dramatic change in a relatively short amount of time as I as I have with you. So Talk me through it a little bit because, you know, you're telling me what you've changed, but how did you recognize areas and and how did you actually make the change? So like recognizing it, I think honestly, really like one of the first times or the really the first time that I recognized it, like these areas where my mindset wasn't right was when we started talking. It was one of the first things that you brought up. Um, I didn't really know what scarcity mindset meant uh, until you kind of talked about it, and then we went over it. I mean, the concept wasn't totally new, but recognizing that that was me, that I had a mindset, that it was a scarcity mindset, that where all I was looking at was what I didn't have was new to me. It was an epiphany, honestly. I didn't, hadn't realized that before. Having someone with outside perspective who was upfront, honest with me about what they were seeing helped me realize who I was at that moment. I also realized that that wasn't the person that I wanted to be anymore. I don't think my family and friends would have been able to help me in the same way because they were wrapped up in that same mindset. I mean, we were talking about these same problems with each other like all the time. Uh, And so they were struggling with the same mindset that I was. 
And so they wouldn't have been able to like help me in that way to recognize it and to help me realize that it was something that I needed to get over in the first place. And so having someone who knew exactly what they were lurking at with the ability to kind of objectively evaluate everything and help fix what was going on was huge for me. And that came about because of coaching in one of the you know initial talks that we had. Man, this is uh, this is really cool to to hear all this. Um, you know, we've worked through this, but to to be able to talk about it with you, with looking back on things, is is really really cool. Talk about the how. How do you change your mindset? You know, I think this can be tough. Yeah, first for me was recognizing it. Like the second part of it was actually wanting to do something about it. Those two parts came pretty quick, <laughs> but the next steps for me involved like a lot of reading and a lot of conversation. I started reading books from like the TLP suggested list. I mean, you guys have a list of kind of initial books and there's a section in there about mindset. So I started reading those books. I also had, you know, a bunch of Facebook groups that I'm in with other dentists. They had also suggested a bunch of books that were specifically on different obstacles with mindset that uh, I started reading and looking over. And so then, and then while I was reading and doing, doing that process, I would just talk with a lot of people. I'd talk with you. I talked with my team members. I talked with my wife. I talked with my parents. I talked with other friends and especially friends who are dentists. So for me, it's not a bunch of like the stuff that I was reading and the stuff we were talking about wasn't a bunch of like raw, raw, peppy type stuff because I'm not really that kind of person and it's not really what works for me really well. It was just a bunch of like sound, practical, simple advice. And most of it dealt with where I was focused mentally. Instead of focusing on what wasn't going right and what wasn't happening, I learned how to start focusing on things that were going well and steps that I could take to change how things were if I didn't like them. Um, I, I had to start pretty small and I just took things kind of just one step at a time. Other people helped me understand that it, that it didn't have to happen in a day. It was okay for it to be a process. And just like feeling that and knowing that, you know, having other people help me understand that. And then I just started having small successes and those small ones turn into bigger ones. And, and that was just so encouraging that it just kind of, it built off of that. When we start the program, I mean, you guys talk about how this works because you've done it, but I didn't really understand that and didn't really start to discover that until I started doing it myself, until I started actually making those changes and doing those things that you guys suggest that's what made the difference. And that's what had the biggest impact. And then once I did, things started to change really quickly. And then the more I put into it, the more I got out of it. And so I, I liked that. So I just kept putting more in. I think that's a great point. And that applies across the board. The more you put into something, the more you're going to get out of it. And so I think that says a lot about a lot about you, how much effort you've put into everything. How long has it been? It's been uh, about six months that we've been working together, right? Yeah, six months. What do you feel like has changed the most in that amount of time, whether it's with your, your practice or yourself? So you say like, when you say six months, I, I have a hard time kind of realizing that it's only been six months <laughs> kind of, because it kind of feels like a, like a lifetime ago. And, and I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. What I mean is that like the person I am now has a hard time even recognizing the person I was then. I feel the biggest change that has happened for me is my personal outlook on what the future is and what it can be. The negativity has been replaced with just like a positive and hopeful outlook. Instead of having to like drag myself out of bed every day, 
like dreading having to go to the office and like all those stuff that was going to be there and that was going to just stress me out. I'm actually getting up early and I'm getting to the office and I'm actually like there an hour before anybody else shows up. I don't feel lost. You know, I feel like I have direction and I have a plan and that plan is working. Kind of one of the best ways that I can explain the difference between then and now is kind of something that I actually shared with you in one of our phone calls uh, a couple of months ago. Our office is closed on Wednesday. That's our kind of our day off. We like to put it in the middle of the week. And so since I purchased the practice, my Wednesdays have usually been spent pouring over numbers, schedules, bills, just everything else. And just kind of an attempt to, in, to find ways to improve my practice. But I ended up being more stressed on Wednesdays than I was any other day of the week when we were, I was actually doing dentistry and seeing patients. But a couple months ago, like something interesting happened. It was a Wednesday. My wife and I, you know, started the day off when we we were running a couple errands uh, around town that we needed to do. Uh, we had a lunch date. Then a little later, we picked up the kids from school. We got to hang out just as a family that afternoon. And near the end of the day, I just remember like a thought coming to my mind. And the thought was, I haven't had to think about the practice all day. Like not one time did anything about dentistry or my practice enter my mind. And that was the first time in four years that that had happened to me. I spent an entire day that relaxed doing what I wanted to do the most with those I loved the most without having to stress about a ton of stuff. You know, I, because I had things in place for the practice that allowed me to just separate and enjoy my life for like the first time in a really long time. Yeah, I re I remember when you told me this and I was I was listening and had the biggest smile on my face. You know, I know I know that Justin and Steve and I all have experiences like this and this the things like this are is really what makes makes it all worth it and really makes you want to be a coach. And in this experience that you've just shared, you've really encompassed what the lifestyle practice is all about. It's about working your butt off while you're in your practice, when you're new in ownership, so that down the road or, you know, even, even in the present times, when you're with your family, that you can really be with your family to really be present with them, not to be sitting there with them, your body's with them, but your mind is elsewhere with all the questions about your practice going on in, in the background, but to really be in the moment. Anyway, yeah, that's that's incredible. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, can you give some percentages or you know whatever you want to as far as growth that you've seen in your practice uh, in the last six months? So in six months time, we've nearly doubled the amount of production per day that we do. It's an increase of like 94% in production per day. We've also increased like the amount of production we're doing per patient by 64%. Our collections are up to 95% on like adjusted production. And then we've gone from like 12 Google reviews to 74 with a, like a 4.9 star rating. And so like, some really big numbers improving really quickly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. And I think that that it says a lot about you too that you you know the numbers. You're, you know, you're tracking, you know where things are at. 
So are there things that you had to sacrifice or, or give up in, in order to grow? Um, you know, I don't really feel like I've had to give up like really anything. Like even the money used to invest in coaching has never really felt like a sacrifice for me, kind of just more like an investment. You know, when I started, I expected things to get better, but I couldn't have imagined them going like this well this quickly. Yeah, I guess let me clarify. But you have you have had to sacrifice things, though, right? Even little things, you know, you've had to force yourself to have difficult conversations with your staff and with patients, maybe maybe with family. Uh, you know, you've you've had to practice your case presentation a lot. You've gotten to your practice earlier. You've spent time reviewing your numbers, planning, setting goals. You know, all of those things. So when when you add it up. I do see that you have sacrificed a lot. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah. When you sorry, when you put it that way, yeah. Like I would, I totally agree with that. You know, I do. I I definitely give up sleep to get to the office earlier. And one of the biggest things I think is like that I definitely have to give up staying in my comfort zone with pretty much everything you just mentioned. <laughs> um, like it causes me to have to to get out of who I was and change into something different. And so it requires, yeah, it requires a lot of effort and it requires a lot of, you know, it requires definite time, but it, it, it takes, I know that it takes sacrifice to get what I want. And, and I haven't really, you know, I haven't done it all at once. Um, it's been little by little, but that little by little has added up really fast. And honestly, I feel like most of what I gave up was just like wasted time and effort where I was just wasting my time stressing about stuff. And now I'm using that time to be productive, <laughs> you know, that same amount of time that I have. And so I really feel like I'm just giving up a life that I was not happy with for something that I am happy with. When I look at it that way, I guess when I see what I've gained and what I can still gain, it just doesn't make those sacrifices as difficult as what I used to think they were. Yeah, that's that's incredible. What would you say to others that are, are I mean, because you can you can definitely uh, sympathize with other practice owners that are struggling or maybe feeling discouraged. Now that you have kind of gone through that and you're more on the upswing, what advice would you give to those in that situation? I think one of the biggest things would be to find someone to help you and that it's okay to, to have someone help you. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it alone. There are people out there, I mean, you and Justin and Steve are exactly those kind of people that are out there to help people like us get to where we want to be. You know how to guide us. You know how to make how we can make the changes that are going to help the most and help us get to where we want to be. You know, I can knowledge is great, and I'm really glad that I have a lot of the knowledge that I that I have acquired. Um, but knowing how to utilize that knowledge in like the right sequence in the right places and at the right times is where that coaching really amplifies the success for those who are discouraged. One of my biggest things is like, you, you just don't have to feel that way anymore. And, and I know it felt like that to me is that like, this was just going to be life. <laughs> and I, and I wasn't really looking forward to that, but you don't have to feel that way. You don't have to feel discouraged because there are people like you guys at TLP that can help. And I know that because because that's what's happened to me. And it's, and it's not just things like that we're looking better financially in the practice and that, you know, the bank account's a little bit better and things like that. Um, but it's just, the main thing is that I don't have to be that super uber stressed, 
discouraged person anymore because somebody helped me see things differently and implement them. That's really made you know all the difference for me. But and then one last thing I would suggest is that if you're discouraged is to act and to decide to act and just do it. If you're thinking about this, if you've been pondering it for a while and trying to figure it out if it's the right thing for you, please just do it and go into it with everything you've got. Don't hold back. Don't second guess the suggestions that are given. Don't like don't stop yourself from getting to where you can be and where you should be. You don't have anything to lose, but you have a ton to gain. Yeah, well, well, thank you. I think you've been a great example of this. Like I shared before, you you get out of it what you put into it. And uh, you've you've definitely been a good example of someone that puts everything into it. It's been cool to, to witness that. Okay, so uh, I guess uh, to piggyback on this, for any current clients that are listening to this episode, do you have any advice as far as what things you've done on your end that have made the coaching process more effective for you? I think initially it's just making sure that I'm open to change, to making sure that I am like listening completely and ready to make changes, that like I have that attitude and that willingness was the biggest part for me initially because I wanted things to change. And so in order for that to happen, I had to change and the way I did things had to change. But if I would have closed myself off to like just anything that was suggested or anything that was different from what I was doing, then then nothing would have changed. But additionally is like, is really just making sure to set aside the time to like make the time to put in the work and keep those appointments that I make with myself is that, that I don't push them off, that I don't procrastinate anything, that I'm actively doing stuff. I'm not trying to do it all at once because I know I can't, but just always doing something that moves me towards those goals. Like I said, those little things just add up more and more and more. You know, with clients out there is like questions. Just never be afraid to ask the questions. You know, that's what coaching's there for. That's that's what it's all about. It's okay to just ask. And and if you're not understanding something, ask. If you're if it's something's not working, ask how to fix it. And then actually just listen to the answers and be willing to to not only listen to them but to act on them. Great. Yeah, I like that. So, Dan, what are your goals for this year, 2020? So our goals this year are we're looking to increase production by at least 30%. We're wanting to get our collections up to 98%. We're wanting to increase, you know, our active patient base by 30% as well. And doing this all while like taking a 10% step back in the number of days that we're actually working. We feel that it's something that is definitely not going to be easy, but we feel it's going to definitely be within our ability to accomplish and it'll just get us, you know, one step closer because we kind of put in like our, we put in like one year goals and then we put in some three year goals and we put in some five year goals. And then we also have like monthly goals so that we can get to those one year goals and then that'll get us to our three year goals and five year goals. And so have, just having kind of that outlook is a really big deal for me because six months ago, I honestly, like I talked about before, I didn't even know if I was going to own this practice at this point. And so Having those specific goals and seeing that it's actually achievable is, is just fantastic. Do you have any specific goals kind of longer term over the next few years? We're wanting to increase by at least 30% in production and collections every year for as long as, as long as possible. I mean, that's always going to be our goal. 
but especially for like like I said, our five year goal. That's what that's what our main one is is to increase that and, and to do the same with our patient base, our active patient bases. Get those numbers you know doubled and tripled. And then I'm personally working toward getting debt free, you know, being done with student loan debt within that time while actually being able to take time to like enjoy my family. You know, these last four years, vacations have been pretty sparse. We don't really take them. You know, it's been a day here or a day there in four years time. And I want to change that. I want to, I want to be accessible to my family and to have the time but also be able to make this successful at the same time. And that's, that's what I'm learning how to do. So those are our goals right now. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Danton, anything else you want to say to listeners? Maybe say hi to your mom. Maybe your, maybe your mom listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. She, she probably should. But <laughs> I just want to thank you for having me on. And I just want to wish everyone out there in like the TLP community just the best and just to keep going and work hard. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you all next time. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate. No, listen to my fate. Yo, destined to be.